I just felt for this afternoon, for every one of us, and what Lee was saying earlier on, just to turn your receivers on. I think for a while there's been a lot of envisioning and, and, and who we are as a people and celebrating who we are. I felt what God wanted to do this afternoon in, in response to this weekend that's happened on the 412 and those of you attended the healing conference is that we would experience Jesus. We would experience the presence of Jesus and obviously we've already <laughs> begun to feel stirred in that. I just want to say, Lee and David and Margot, it's just, it's just so amazing to see David and you leading and just warms me up just in my soul just to encourage you guys man where's David how do we position ourselves uh, to receive the healing that God wants to give us and uh, this afternoon really I want to say that I stand here having served the Lord for many 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 years But I'm not perfect. And um, we live in a broken world, as we see around us, so much brokenness. And that brokenness has impacted my life over the years. And I'm going to share some of those stories as we go along through this message. And how I and my life have endeavored to live in, in the healing that Jesus intends for my life. And for our lives together. I've been super, super blessed with physical health. I want to tell you that, that God has blessed me and with, with, with health. And I, I stand here just thankful that, that God has given me physical health. But that doesn't mean what you see here is totally whole. And I'd like to read a, a story about Bible, uh, in the Bible about Jesus. And about two weeks ago, I read this story, and then I, I heard about the conference. I thought I'd love to just follow up this teaching. And I don't, uh, I'm not here to give a doctrinal teaching. Andrew, I think, covered a whole lot of that over the weekend. But I'm here to stir your passion for the presence of Jesus in your life and how you can receive your healing. And I'm not just talking about your body, and I'm trusting for healing in the bodies in bodies and in the physical but there's a healing and there's a on the inside that I feel Jesus wants to do this afternoon in, in every single one of us because every single one of us have been broken by the fall that's the reality I don't want to minimize those who've, who are suffering from sicknesses and, uh, and this week Fritzy's around you somewhere he's on the sound somewhere there you are we're celebrating Danelle's life. I'm talking about her life now. <laughs> her life, yeah, and her life to come. And we're celebrating on Thursday, and anyone's welcome. All right, Fritz? I don't know. Yeah, I think everyone's welcome if you want to come and celebrate that on Thursday afternoon. But this I do know. I'm sure Andrew said this. <laughs> I am convinced that God is more than able to heal every single sickness and disease on this earth. I'm more than convinced about that. And so I'd like to read you a very simple, very well-known little Bible story in uh, Matthew chapter 20. Very well-known, very well-known story, and I'm going to read it to you. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men, by the way, this story is, is written in three of the Gospels. It's all the same story, excepting Matthew's the only one that talks about there being two blind men. The other two talk about Bartimaeus. So one of these guys is Bartimaeus, okay? Two blind men were sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord! Son of David, have mercy on us. 
The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. But they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, We want our sight. And Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. Very well-known story. And I want to leave you this afternoon with four questions that we, need to, that we need to answer if we're going to live in the healing that God wants for every single one of us to live. See, Jesus, we learn earlier in Matthew, I think the chapter 4, it says, I'm going to Jerusalem. He's taking his disciples and there I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to go before a court. I'm going to be accused and found guilty. They're going to take me to a cross. They're going to hang me across. They're going to abuse me. They're going to uh, whip me. They're going to uh, reject me. And they're going to hang me on a cross. And then I'm going to rise again. So he knows. He's, he's, he's on the way to Jerusalem. He's on the way to the cross. He's on a journey. He's going with purpose. And the purpose is our healing. The purpose is our salvation. The purpose is our redemption. He's on his way, his mindset. And then alongside of the road are two blind men going nowhere. Two blind men broken by the fall. Waiting for scraps, no future. No family, rejected by the community, probably the community uh, 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 thought they were sinful and therefore they'd been kicked out of the home. They, might have, they were orphaned by their brokenness. And the story of redemption and healing unfolds in the moments of interaction with Jesus. Men going nowhere with no destiny, no future. And they hear Jesus. He's walking by. Jesus is here. I want you to put down that, rec that receiver and sense the presence of Jesus coming this afternoon. He's passing by. And I don't know where you're at. You may feel like you're going nowhere in your life and there's no destiny. You may feel in your life that you, you're picking up the scraps of your destiny that, that you're not sure what God has for you. You may, you may feel restricted in your brokenness. You may feel that something happened in your life a long time ago and I'm going to share one or two things in my life that have affected me and still I have to fight for my healing in certain areas. That may be you, but I want to tell you that Jesus is here. He's come. To heal, to set free. Amen? And so the first question I want to pose to us, and that I want to ask myself in, in terms of living, at my hearing is, where am I sitting? Bartimaeus' name is very, it's a very um, descriptive name. It's got two meanings. I'm going to give you the one meaning now and then one at the end. His name, one meaning means son of unclean. Son of the unclean one. And I can't imagine if they're born blind or if some, uh, some disease struck and they got blind that there was actually the community ousted them because of the sickness and disease. Because in those days, it was believed that if you had a sickness, it was your parents' fault or it was sin in your life. I'm sure Andrew dealt with that one yesterday. But the reality, there was a stigma attached to sickness and disease. As a result, as a result of that, there were outcasts. Their blindness had caused them to become beggars. Their brokenness defined their destiny. You see, we need to come to grips. And ask ourselves the question, what is my hurt doing to me? 
What is my pain doing to me? How, how is it affecting my life? How is it affecting my relationships with others? How is it uh, restricting me in living out what God has for me? See, their blindness described their brokenness, but their brokenness defined their destiny. And they become comfortable with their pain. How often do we become used to the pain? We get used to living in less than what God has for us. What is pain and heartache doing to you? The reality is, is what Jesus comes. He comes by. When, he hears, when they hear Jesus coming by, they, they see hope. They see a dream kind of begin to be birthed within them. The reality is, is the moment we meet Jesus, you and I are seated with him in heavenly places. That's where we're meant to be sitting, not as victims of our suffering. I have a sister. Her name's Debbie. Lives in America. I think I've shared this before. She's chronically ill. At this present time, she's... She's on medication. She gets her sleeping 21 hours a day. She's awake for three hours because of the pain and that. God willing, I don't know what the, God's plan is, but she may be coming to live in South Africa. Um, I don't know what God's plan is. We, I'm trusting for her healing. But I want to tell you with her, I know there's a physical pain, but the hurt and the brokenness within her is far deeper than the physical pain. Coming through two divorces, to acrimonious divorces children who find it very difficult well two uh, anyway some of the kids feeling that it's very difficult to relate to because of her illness which is quite natural she's on her own and I said to her I saw her three years ago three and a bit years ago in New Zealand was the last time I saw her I said Debbie I can't understand what you're going through in your life I I don't have that sickness, I don't have that pain. I haven't gone through two divorces and this, but this I do know, that God wants to use your pain. He wants to use the suffering for his glory. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Your pain does not need to define your life. See, there's another name. The Bartimaeus has got another meaning to it. And I believe this is something that Jesus wants to do in us in terms of identity and in terms of determining our destiny. Bartimaeus means as well, another meaning, son of honor. Son of he who is highly prized. Son and daughter, that's who Jesus sees us to be. Children of honor, children of value. Our suffering, our past, I heard our pain does not need to define us. Jesus defines our lives. Jesus defines our future. He seats us with him in heavenly place. And right now, I'm just going to ask, as the music plays, maybe, Merv, you've got a song. Just where you at and saying, where am I sitting? Where am I sitting? Am I seated with Christ or is there areas of my life that I feel... There's mending that needs to be done. And I've, I've become a victim to my situation, to my, what's happening in my heart in the past, whatever it is. I just feel like that the words of Jesus, and the, as we worship, just to wash over us. Wash over us. Holy Spirit, right now. Why do you wash over us, God, with your word? This is who you call us to be. We are not seated on the road as beggars. We are seated with Christ as sons of honor, as sons and daughters that are highly prized. That's who you see. May what you say define us, God. 
not what circumstance, not what my pain says, not what my suffering says. That does not define me. Only you do, Jesus. Only you do, Jesus. I'm seated 
I want to express, God, that you own my life. I'm your son. That's who I am. You love me. Your love describes and defines and determines the course of my life, God. Maybe just as I I said those words and as I I pray, I just feel to pray that maybe there's something in your life that's been restricting you, that's been like a, a chain around your ankle and just slowing you down. I don't know what it is. Maybe something happened in the past. Maybe it's something of who you are. Say this prayer, Lord Jesus. I thank you that I am your son, I'm your daughter, you love me. You love me, Lord. And the reality is, is I'm not just seated on a throne next to you, not just seated with you in heavenly places, God. I'm seated on your lap. You, my dad. What you say, what you say about me is what I choose to believe, Lord. Second question that I just felt as going through that story was not only where am I sitting, I'm hopefully we begin to see that if we're going to live in our healing and 
live in victory in our healing. And the word of our testimony is victory, is, is the truth that we are seated with him, that, that we his children, we his sons and daughters, and that he loves us. And no matter what we are, no matter what our circumstances is, no matter what our sickness or disease is, we can know, we can know that he loves us. We know he loves us. How awesome is that? Second question is, who am I listening to? See, the crowd wanted to quiet their desperation, wanted to to quiet their call. And I want to say, who are you listening to? What are the what voices are you listening to? Who are you going to believe? They were shouting at them to be quiet. They were shouting guilt on them. They were shouting abuse on them because this is what they were used to. This is what they would do to people sitting on the side of the road. We call it a culture of, what do you call it? We annihilate people. The what? Cancel culture. You don't have a voice. You don't count. You have no worth. I grew up in a home of six children. Uh, I'm the second eldest and uh, grew up in a pretty uh, sometimes happy, sometimes difficult times. But one of the things that, uh, that I still have to fight this day is the fact, believe it or not, the voices in my brain says you're second rate. You're average. I still fight that to this day. I can ask him. She keeps telling me, look what you did. Look what you're accomplishing. All these things. Sometimes you grow in a big family and there are things that you just... Uh, that you just have to keep talking over yourself because there are voices in your head saying you're being over... One of the things, you're being overlooked. If, I was, if there's a teen that at, at school, this is what I went through. So I, I played for... Um, the fifth rugby team? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and third cricket team? Okay, it was, it was Grey High School, I do want to say. So, as you know, Grey High School, they were pretty. It's, okay, so third cricket team, I suppose, not too bad. Sometimes second. Uh, I remember a day in, uh, I think it was grade nine or stand seven, where, where I was bullied in the, in the playground and these things happened to me. But there were things that, that come. What I'm trying to say is things happening in life that in this world, that this broken world we live in, that I have to process. And the other day, <laughs> I, uh, about two or three weeks ago, I was going through, I'm uh, not, not feeling down, a little bit down, I'm being vulnerable now, and feeling uh, being overlooked, all the, that kind of stuff. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, just, it's just my battle. And the Lord, I think the next day I was going into quiet time. So I'm, I'm in this place of feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> and the Lord spoke to me when um, mom comes to Jesus and says, Come on, one son sit on your right hand, my other son on the left hand side, when you're in your heavenly throne. And uh, Jesus said, It's not for me to say. That's, that's for my father to decide who sits where. And I felt the Lord say to me, Don't look for a throne. Look to him who's seated on the throne. And I just went, okay. Those voices in your head, those voices, no. And I had to adjust. I had to adjust because it's actually not about me, it's about Jesus. What I'm saying is we all face the battle of voices and people speaking into our place of uh, weakness and our brokenness, rejection. I'm going to say, Bobby, I don't know how I feel, man. I feel like God just wants to speak his sonship over you again. I don't know why, I just felt it. Just those voices in your head, bro. 
don't let the enemy get a foothold. It just feels like it's been a cycle in your life. Sometimes I think you've, you're going well on the whole, but there's this battle you fight on the inside with who you are. And I want to just say, don't let those voices define you or restrict you or try and put guilt or whatever it is on you and, and try and tell you who you're not because that's not who you are, the voices. And what Jesus says. And I just felt to say that to you, to encourage you. Come on. So much more free that God has for you, man. I felt maybe if Kim can come up. Those two, uh, those two young men, those two blind guys, I don't know if they were young. Maybe they weren't. They didn't listen to the crowd because their desperation for Jesus shouted above the crowd. And they refused to listen to what the world tried to restrict them into. And I want to say, you and I have got a choice in who we're listening to and what voices and who's speaking to us. And allow the word of God to wash over you. And I felt, just as the music's playing, for Kim to read a psalm over us. And read about who God is and what he does for us. That you're just going to read it over, over us and let it enter your spirit. And this is the voice of the Lord speaking over you. Speaking that healing over you. Speaking, speaking his words over us. And I trust in that as she just reads it, that, it'll, that the word will wash you. That, that the water is stirred and you're going to jump in. And sense the healing touch and the healing word uh, over our spirits. Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them oh taste and see that the Lord is good Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of all. He keeps all his bones Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned.
Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh my soul. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Father, I pray that you'd help every single one of us to drown out the voices of unbelief, of doubt, of fear, even in these times of COVID and all these things, that, that your voice, your word would drown out what the world says. We trust you, God. We trust your word. Trust your word, God. What do I want? The third question. <laughs> what do I want? Jesus. <laughs> yes. I'm sure those two men could have asked for riches. They're very poor. They were beggars. They could have asked for justice. All the people that abused them over the years and years and years. They'd learned to live 
with their hurt, settle for the scraps of sympathy and the loose coins of attention. And the basket of the coins had become their lot in life, but they'd forgotten that the promise of God is, an, is, an, is a lot, is an inheritance in the kingdom. There's something far, far, far more that God had for them. And they realized this. And their cry was for mercy. You see, I can't demand healing. I can't demand mercy. Mercy demands my desperation. Mercy motivates my passion. That's the reality. I stand here, someone who served the Lord for me, as said for many years. But this I know, it's His mercy that sustained me. His mercy sustained me. And so, we, so the, they asked, they said, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. This is what I need. This is what we really need to do. We need to see. He's a loving Father. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. But give me this day, my dad. What do I need today? He's your dad. He's here. He loves you. You're his child. Ask him. What, tell him what you need. Tell him what you want. So tonight it might be healing. Tonight it may be strength to forgive someone that hurt you. For some of us it might be to overcome our past or, or the rejection. And some of us have lived with pain and, and to help endure the grace to, uh, to be in there. You need that grace for today. What do you need today? God is in the detail, every detail of your life. He is our Father. See, they said, they didn't demand to see, they just said, we want to see. What do you want the Lord to do for you? What do you want the Lord to do for you? Ask Him. And we're going to spend time right now just in the presence of God. And you, in this place, in the presence of God, the water's turning. The water in that pool. The Holy Spirit's turning that water. You ask the Lord. As that crippled man said, I, I want to be here. I want to walk again. I want to jump in. We're going to spend time just as the music plays and Merv sings. You ask him what you want him to do for you. I believe that as you ask him, God can heal your body right now. And I'm going to just maybe pray that prayer over us as a people in your body. I'm going to pray that prayer. And you ask him what you want him to do for you. And let's trust God in this moment that healing comes. Lord Jesus, you're stirring the water of healing in this place over Josh Jen, in our congregations, in our churches. You're stirring that water. And you know the desires on our heart. God, our lot in life is not to be beggars and receive the scraps of sympathy, but it is to live in the promises of our great inheritance in Christ. Let the healing water flood over your people now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, receive that healing. Just as he begins to move, now ask him, begin to ask him. Just begin to ask him in the Spirit. Spirit of God, won't you just move amongst your people now, I pray, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
turning things around, making all things new. You're turning things around. You're making all things new. You're turning things around. You're making all things new. You're turning things around. You're making all things new. And it's just like you to make all things new. It's just like you to make all things new. You're moving here, you're moving now, you're turning things around. You're moving here. You're moving now. You're turning things around. Oh, I believe it's just like you. You make all things new. Just like you You're making all things new You're moving here You're moving now You're turning things around You're making all things You're moving here You're moving now You're turning things around You're making all things new You're moving You're moving here You're moving now You're turning things around Turning things around I believe it I believe it You're moving here You're moving now You're turning things around I believe it I believe it You're moving I believe it, I believe it, you're moving here, you're moving now, you're turning things around, I believe it, I believe it, you're moving here, you're moving now, you're turning things around. I believe it, I believe it. 
As I was preparing this time, I felt the Lord ask me a question that I need to ask you. Do you want to be healed or do you want to be held? Because in the holding us that we find the healing in us. Guys like, whoa, I don't know what's going to happen, Wilma Ray and others amongst us who are chronically ill and others on 
Will's shoulder, there's a tattoo on I think I can say it, <laughs> in his grip. In his grip. When I know I'm held, I know I'm healed. You see, Jesus on the way, those two blind beggars who could now see him followed Jesus to Jerusalem, who took their blindness, who took their abuse, who took their rejection, who took their fear, who took their aloneness, and he took it to the cross. When I grew up, my, I didn't know with my dad coming home whether it would be loving hands or other hands that would come. And I realized, when I came to realize the brokenness in him, and I realized that he needed the cross just as much as I needed the cross. And I realized, I came to realization in my life that if I'm held by Jesus, he takes me to the cross and I take that to the cross with me. And I leave it there. And I'm able to forgive. I'm able to move on. And there's been a huge change in my dad and there's things that's happened in that. I want to say, I find it very easy to give because I'm held. And I know the forgiveness and mercy that I received from Jesus. We find our healing in his arms. That's reality. I'm hoping those blind beggars are in heaven and I'm going to see them one day. I hope so. But today, you can be healed. I don't know how long it's going to take in terms of if it's physical healing, but this I do know, that if you know Jesus is near and holding you, there's a sufficiency of grace that sustains. And when you're sustained by grace, you're satisfied in grace. Let's draw near. I felt just this, for us where we're at, we've asked God what we want. And now let's just, in a way, as we... This is where we're going to land. I don't know where it's going to land, but in his arms. There's a song that I had, I don't know, draw me near to you, that I felt us to sing, draw me near to you. It's an old song. Just as we draw near to Jesus, never let me go. <laughs> Lord, as we just revel in who you are, understanding that all our brokenness you took to the cross, and not only to the cross, through the cross, because our healing is not just at the cross itself. It's through the cross into eternity. Our healing, one day there won't be any pain. It will be there. But that, that's where we are with you, Jesus. But for now, we want to be held in your arms. We want to know your closeness. Right now, because in that place, we find out who we are. We find our place in you, God. The voices of the world are drowned out. We know we can ask you what our needs is. And we know we are held in the loving, powerful arms.